welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and you may be wondering, why is it not Wednesday and I'm doing an episode? Well, because I'm gearing up for release day of a double CD coming out from Bangalore Choir, a band I know absolutely nothing about. This is going to be my first experience with them. As always, when I do reviews uh, of bands that I'm not familiar with or projects I'm not familiar with, I have not listened to this yet, so every reaction that you get from me is going to be a first-time impression. Now, we do have a bit of a unique situation here. This is a double CD, and I don't typically uh, review live stuff. However, the second CD is uh, eight songs that are live. The first CD is new material. So uh, I am going to go ahead and review both. Um, but just remember that my impressions for the uh, second CD, which I'll get to tomorrow, um, is really just going to be based on the live performance because I don't know the studio versions. Um, and, uh, you know, live, a band can be uh, perfect on one song, horrible on another song. You just never know what you're going to get. And it's really not fair to judge a band by any random recorded live performance. Now, I would imagine since they're releasing this, they probably picked out choice versions of songs that they performed exceptionally well. Uh, that would be my hope. But based on some live things I've heard in the past from other bands, that's not always the case. So I don't want to presume anything. Don't want to make any judgments. It's either going to be I like it or I don't. Um, but again, you know, if I don't like the live song, doesn't mean I wouldn't necessarily like the studio song. So that disclaimer being said, one other announcement I want to make before we dig into this album Um this uh, So this is going to be today and tomorrow. Then the next two days, I'm reviewing the celebration of the life of John Lawton. This is another double CD set being released by Cherry Red Records. The release date is actually the 7th because I'm doing this review um, pre-scheduled according to the release date of it. Uh, I'll be following that up a couple of days after the release date, but uh, you can go ahead and pre-order it now if you go to the Cherry Red Records website and just type in Lawton, L-A-W-T-O-N, um, I got so much feedback when I was doing the Uriah Heat podcast um, about what a great singer John Lawton was. What a shame he only did three albums with the band. Um, I'm sure when I get to reviewing the Butterfly Ball on this show, uh, which was where I first heard John Lawton, um, he was a uh, the singer on a song called Little Chalk Blue, which was not on the original album that I had. Uh, so I was really, really grateful to be able to hear that song later. Um, that's such a tremendous singer. Um, so sad he passed away. And um, man, what what a voice. What a voice. But we'll get to that in a couple of days. Just want to let you know, uh, you can go ahead and pre-order it if, uh, if you're listening today. If you're listening tomorrow on the 7th, it's available for purchase so that you can go ahead and get it there. I haven't looked yet to see if it's going to be on Amazon and iTunes. Um, but, uh, I know it's going to be on the Cherry Red Records website, so make sure that you go there and check that out. This one also will be available tomorrow on the Cherry Red Records website, also on Amazon. I did not see it on iTunes, at least not yet as I'm recording this, um, but I'll try and remember to double check that before this episode goes live. Uh, you know, as I'm old, that doesn't always happen. So, um, let's get into this. So this is called, this, uh, double album is called Center Mass. As I said, the first album, the one that we're reviewing today is, uh, all new studio. Uh, and there was one cover that I'm actually very, very excited to hear. I have been let down by this in the past. Uh, so I'm curious to see how this one goes. That's going to be the last track. So you're going to have to wait a little while for that. If you're really excited, you can go look at the song list and you'll already be on the Cherry Red Records website to do that where you can pre-order the album. Um, that was not a strategic sales plot for me, but hey, it worked out. 
So uh, I don't know really anything about this band. I don't know what kind of music it is. Uh, I have no preconceived notion whatsoever. I just know that there's 12 songs on this album. There's eight live songs on the CD that we're doing tomorrow. And I say we just dig right into the music. So here is the first song on the album. This is called Spirit Rider, which is an interesting title. Um, I'm going to guess that they're a rock band or maybe a very heavy band. Uh, we're going to see in a minute. Here it is. Okay, I was right. They are a, uh, I don't know if, I, I don't know if what side of it they're on, if they're hard rock, if they're heavy metal, but we'll just say they're a heavy band. Um, obviously, you know, big, heavy uh, drums, distorted guitars, that sort of thing. Um, I like the singer's voice. I like that he's singing in a little bit lower of a range. I think that gives a little more depth to the song. Usually, uh, you know, these kinds of bands, I, I typically hear uh, singers that sing a little bit higher so I kind of like this. It, it adds a unique flavor to the band. There is there is some really nice uh, high harmonies in the very background on the song. Um, I also like the way that the drums came in. They came in, um, you know, you've got the hi-hat counting, and then you've got a couple of uh, drum hits. But then the way the pattern actually starts was uh, pretty interesting, the way that came in. I'm not hearing a lot of bass guitar in the mix. Um, I can hear it in spots, but I can't say I can really hear it or feel it through the song. Um, looking at the waveform, it's not quite brick wall limited, but it's it's pushing peaks. And uh, when you start to do that, of course, you start to lose some of the dynamics a little bit. Um, I think they needed to add in some of the low end. But also, I, I don't like the drum mix. Um, I like the drum sounds. The kick is really nice and punchy. The snare is beefy. Um, but the kick is really pushing louder than the snare. And it feels a little bit unbalanced to me. Um, the kick is just too loud. I think that's part of why I'm not hearing the bass. I think it's drowning it out a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm not really sold on that. Um, musically, the song's okay. Um, I, I don't really think it's anything that I haven't heard from you know similar bands before, um, other than just like the the difference in the vocals uh, is really nice. The solo is another one of those um, not really fast shredding solos, but let me play constant notes and not really uh, leave a whole lot of breathing room. Um, wasn't really much of a fan of that. But, uh, you know, the song's pretty decent. The band's got a, a good sound. Aside from my um, issues with, with the way it was mixed, I, I can tell that the band has like a nice clean sound. Um, they're definitely heavy. So if that's your uh, genre of music or, or one that you enjoy, I would say that uh, this might be worth checking out. Let's see as we move into song two. This is called Back to Life.
pretty interesting song um there's some really cool changes that that were unexpected and uh i like that there's also a a really nice part in here that's a little bit more dynamic and reminds me very much of the song wish you were here by alice cooper um just a really cool little riff um i really like the the beat during the solo although uh the solo i would have to say the same things that i said about the solo on the last song um, just not my style. Um, I don't really like that flashy kind of playing. There's there's playing a lot of notes or there's playing fast and staying within the context of the song. And then there's times where um, it just crosses the line for me of what's enjoyable. And this leads a little bit more to that kind of went a little too far for my taste. But I know a lot of people love that kind of playing. So I'm not going to bash it. I can only say that it's it's not something that I enjoy, but I know a lot of people do. Um, I didn't like the filter on the drums at the beginning. That was really kind of a weird um, and almost awkward, too raw of a drum sound uh, for me. And being a drummer, of course, I'm going to be particular about that. But um, but I liked that it. it was very short lived. And once, you know, the song started in just a few seconds and it, they went back to the normal EQ on the drums that <laughs> that made me happy. I was a little worried there. I could hear the bass uh, on this one in places, but the sound, the EQ on it is very, very raw. Um, I don't know if they were trying to be um, like dark and edgy or, or, or really heavy with the bass, but there's just something in the EQ where the frequency um, just didn't sound pleasing to me. Um, so yeah, that was a little bit of an issue. So the song is a little bit off balance, although I would say it's a little bit more on balance than the first one for me um, because I could hear the bass. Um, so I'm going to be curious to see as this album goes along, because I mean, it should be consistent. The song should sound the same, but there's always the variation of um, somebody played a different guitar or a different bass, or there's a different snare on this song than another song. Um, you know, sometimes it's a six and a half inch deep shell. Sometimes it's a three and a half inch. So, you know, those things are going to change the dynamics of the song dramatically if they're not using the same pedals, the same setup. Um, if there's any variations can really affect how the song is even one thing, you know, if he played uh, two different bases on from song one to song two, and that's why I couldn't hear it on the first one, could on the second, completely changes the dynamics of the way the presentation of the song is. So there's those things to consider. So um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Um, guitar wise, though, they were pretty pretty spot on from one and two in vocals as well. Um, again, I, I really like that he's not singing in, in, you know, a higher register, even like an octave up. I, I like where the vocals sit on this one. Um, and that's really going to be interesting when it comes to the cover song at the end, especially, um, because the band that they covered, he kind of did that too. Um, their main singer. So yeah, this is going to be fun. Uh, so as we get to song three, this is called, I just want to love you. I believe 
This love will last forever, you and me. Finally, together, you will see. You don't have to worry no more. No more. Here we are, standing in. This is a pretty decent uh, ballad, and, and I have to say, when you have a band that has this kind of heaviness to them, sometimes it can be really different to show gentleness in a ballad because you're still going to have that heavy guitar sound unless you switch to you know a cleaner sound, um, but that doesn't work with the chords and things like that. Um, the solo was pretty nice. It was pretty tasteful for the song, I have to say. The drums were uh, not flashy at all. I thought they fit very well. The only real criticism I would have on this song was that coming out of the solo in a song like this, I think you really need to take the emotion to the next level, whether that be, you know, singing harder, singing with a different harmony, singing an octave higher, whatever it is, you need to do something to really put out the passion as you get to the end of the song. Um, what happened coming out of the solo in this one is that it was basically exactly the same as the first chorus. I, I mean, it could have been copied and pasted. Um, so I didn't really feel the passion in, in a song like this. And if you're going to do a slower song or what would basically account for a, a ballad, and here we are on track three, which is, you know, two or three is, is typically a ballad position. Um, it, it kind of lost me there. I was really excited when the solo was ending. I was hoping we were going to get something really, really powerful and emotional, and it just didn't happen. Um, again, the drums being a little bit too uh, up in the mix, the kick anyway, um, didn't really help. Um, but the snare was nice and beefy. That was good, a good amount of reverb on it. So the song wasn't too bad. Again, couldn't hear a whole lot of bass, a little bit cut through here and there for me, but not a huge amount. So uh, a decent song. I would have liked to have seen it go to a ne to the next level in like the last, um, you know, 30, 40 seconds or so. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that the solo was much more restrained and feeling. That's really the only place I got the emotion in the song within the guitar solo, as opposed to uh, everything that came after that. So uh, pretty interesting. But man, his voice is really good for this kind of, of music. Um, the heavy stuff, but also this kind of ballad stuff. And, um, you know, a couple of harmonies would have been really nice here. Some ooze or something in the background. Um, ooze, not moose. Don't want this to be a bovine album. Um, but not bad. Not too bad. As we get to our fourth song here, we learn it is dis uh, we, we learn it is discovered. No, we discovered that it is called Heat of the Night.
Drum intro was really interesting. I liked that. I had to listen to that a few times to kind of dissect it a little bit. And then I thought, boy, I better just stop and listen to the whole song so I can talk to you guys about it. Um, but it's pretty neat. It's it's dynamic. I like the um the the vast change in sounds on there. It really kind of just makes your ears perk up a little bit. Um, the riff is cool, but it reminds me of something, and I can't quite pinpoint what it is. I don't think it's 17 by Winger, but there's I don't know, maybe it is. There's just something in there that really, really sounds familiar. Maybe it's something Van Halen that I'm just not putting my finger on. Um, but in any case, it sounds good. It's got a good feel to it. Um, there's, a, there's a couple parts in here that are really nice. Like, I really like the chorus. But for the most part, the song's just kind of flat. It doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, I like the idea of it. But um, again, like, you gotta, you gotta do something other than just repeat parts. Uh, with different lyrics like you have to throw in some dynamics just little things here and there to make it interesting and I feel like this is just very straightforward no frills um, you know hard rock um, guitar solo was was what you expect um, lots of notes um, so again if that's your thing then that's probably a great solo for you I like the sound of the guitar I have to say the the EQing the distortion level the the setup you know um, sounds really good absolutely really good cuts through without piercing the ears no matter what frequency he hits and i like that because some of those guitar frequencies like like the flute um that drives me nuts if they're not eq'd well um sometimes little frequencies can cut through and just you know feels like a, a somebody just jabbed me in the ear with a sh very sharp pencil uh but that doesn't happen here it's it's very well balanced as far as guitars go um heard bass cut through a little bit on this one again not a whole lot um, so I'm still hoping that I'm going to get some bass in here somewhere. Um, so that was Heat of the Night. Let's move on to our next song. This is called Wind at My Back. starting to wonder if they're just going to start every song with some kind of drum lick, like uh, one, two, three, and, you know, a little bit of a beat or something. Um, seems to be fairly consistent. I don't remember the first song now, but um, seems to be a pattern. And that could be thematic, too. That could just be the way that they wanted to do this album. Um, like on Shades of Deep Purple, every song starts with some sort of weird noise, except for uh, the very first song and the address. Um yeah, I don't know. The The guitar solo is like super short, almost pointless. I mean, he's just getting started and then it's just over just so that they can come back into another chorus that sounds like the first chorus again. 
um, no change in emotion, no anything. The other thing that really was weird about this song was that um, the vocals, you know, they're featured. The instruments drop out. You can really hear the vocals as the main instrument. And um, and there's they sound so dry, like they just there's no reverb on them. There's nothing about them that makes it feel alive. So I, I would say this is probably my least favorite song on the album so far. Um, sorry, guys, but this one just did not do much for me at all. I saw a lot of potential in it. I mean, the riff's kind of cool. Um, it, it had some potentially good energy in it, but I don't know. It just didn't really get there for me. So uh, the one nice thing was I asked for, you know, some bass and I actually got to hear it. There's a middle section where they just change the riff a little bit. And um, the bass actually cuts through during that section when the vocals aren't there. Um, so that was nice. Um, I actually liked the bass tone there. It was it was really heavy, um, not in the distorted way, but just like a really heavy, like heavy picked sound, uh, which worked, I think, very well for this kind of music. So uh, let's see if the next song uh, makes me a little bit happier. It's called Blame It On Me. This one has some nice moments in it. Um, again, the vocals are just really dry. I'm not hearing any reverb on them at all. It feels very studio recorded and music should feel a little bit more alive. So I, I'm not really thrilled with the production. Um, I will say the guitars on this are really, really nice. Um, again, with like a little more emotion in the vocals, but there's some nice gentle moments here as well. Um, but just not, you know, not a lot of depth. I, I want to really feel the story and I'm just not getting there. Um, but it's it's a nice song to just kind of uh, put on. I really like the guitars. I think they were recorded beautifully. Um, nice strumming. There's some nice little changes in there uh, that I just didn't expect um, the way that they transitioned, which was uh, nice and surprising. Um, you've got to have some dynamics. So that was really nice. But um, yeah, apart from that, I mean, a, a decent song, a, a good album track. I don't know if this is one that um, would get released as a single. I don't know if they're, are, do they even release singles like that anymore? Or is it just whatever hits a playlist on Spotify nowadays? Uh, I'm not sure. But anyway, that was Blame It On Me. Um, our next song up is called Back To You. Give me 
So it was really nice in the beginning when we got to hear the bass cut through. You got to see how hard edged it really sounds, how deep and rich it is. Uh, then it got drowned out again. Um, but at least you got to, to hear it for a little bit. Uh, the rest of it, I think you, you really more feel it like you don't hear it. But if it were to be removed, there would be a noticeable difference in the uh, the low end depth of the song. Um, but I'd like to be able to hear it a little bit through. Um, this song has the vocals I've been waiting for through the whole album. Um, they're a lot more dynamic, a lot more passionate. Um, there's, there's ups and downs in them. Uh, again, they're very dry, especially when it gets to the end and the, and the singers kind of featured a little bit more. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this is the kind of singing, like I, I really had a feeling he was capable of doing and it took us seven songs to get there. Um, I would have liked to have heard some of this on you know, the first half of the album. I, I think it would have been a lot better for it, at least for my taste, but that's the kind of music I listen to. Um, the guitar solo was a lot of that, you know, fast tapping stuff. The first half of it, uh, very typical. The second half of it, though, I thought was really interesting. And I don't know if it was just that he sped up so fast that it it changed in, into a sound I've not really heard before or what it was, but I thought the second half of the solo was very unique and sounded really good. Then it just ended. It was kind of weird and went into a, a strange part coming back into a little bit more of the song. Um, yeah, but I would I would say this is a cool song. Um, it, this is what I've been hoping for, for the whole album. So, you know, it, at least we finally got there a little past the halfway point. We'll see what the next song brings us. This one is called Downtime with Devil. This song I really liked. You've got a great tone. It's just dark and rich and full. The bass on this one really enhances it. You can you can feel it and you can hear it a little bit, but you really feel um, the depth of this song being brought out with the bass uh, in combination with the guitars. Um, good vocal, really strong drums. Uh, I like the opening beat. Um, I think the vocals had some good moments of, of a little bit of dynamics and passion in it, which was nice. And yeah, this is a, a song that I would listen to again. So, uh, you know, the second half of this album so far is shaping up to be uh, better than the first for me. But, you know, this is, isn't is really my genre exactly either. It's a little heavier than I usually listen to. Um, so that might be part of it. So, you know, as I always say, everything is just my opinion. I like what I like. I don't like what I don't like. And uh, But I give everything a fair chance. So... That's uh, that's where I come in. So our next song, uh, as we're we're getting down to the last third of the album, this one is called "Without You." Mm-hmm. 
want you to know Losing grip on my power Took it hard when you let me know Begging me for forgiveness I was wrong when I tried to control So this one wouldn't be one of my favorites. Um, it was pretty straightforward. I, I didn't really get much out of the the vocals on this one, although I like the the sound of his voice. Um, you know, a song like this, expressing without you, you want a, a little more uh, in the way of I want to feel what you're feeling. You know, I want to I want to be inside the story with you, and I just can't get there. Um, I like the drum beat. There was there's some cool parts there. The way it started out, um, we hear that part again later on in the song, of course, because it's a lot of uh, you know rinse and repeat. But um, yeah, not too bad. Another you know over the top shredding solo. Uh, again, if that's your thing, awesome. Uh, just not really for me. Um, so I'm just going to move along to the next song. It is called "While the Bullets Fly." I've Even though my heart is like a river that's run dry I heard the neighbors say they all could hear me screaming They said they thought that I was gonna die This would have been a great final song for the album. I think it just has that feel of finality and, uh, you know, a great way to uh, just bring everything together with uh, this kind of tempo, this kind of vocal. Um, but as it is, it's it's a pretty decent song, um, a, a little bit repetitive, but I actually like the vocal on this one. Um, I think he has such a good voice for the heavy stuff, but this kind of stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a nice, pleasant listen, I have to say. I'm very curious to see how it's going to be when we get to the final song and see if that was a better uh, final track for the album or not. But we'll find out soon enough. Our next song, our second to last, is called If the Good Die Young Part 2, 14.1. Okay.
So I want to be fair. Maybe the title has to do with a song that was on a previous album. Um, I looked ahead to the live disc and it's not referenced there. So uh, it might be one of those things where you kind of have to know a little bit more about the history of the band to understand what that's all about. Um, but the song itself is, is interesting. I, I like the tempo changes. It just kind of keeps going back and forth from the slower tempo to the fast tempo. Of course, the guitar solo comes in on the faster tempo. Um, it's really weird. It starts uh, with one track in the left or in the right ear, then a track in the left ear. Then the majority of it is centered, um, a lot of fast tapping, uh, and then it splits left and right for a really nice harmony. Um, and we come back into the song uh, just to hurry up and do a little bit more vocal and then end it all of a sudden. So it's like right near the end of the song, kind of a weird placement. Um, it's nice to have an up-tempo song right before you end an album. Um, I, I'm still not sure about the order, though. We'll we'll find out because our next song is the cover that I've been waiting to hear. It's a, a song that I've loved for many, many years. I covered this, uh, when was it? Last year, I think. Maybe the year before. I can't remember now. Uh, this is a cover version of Nazareth's song, Love Hurts. Okay, so I have to make a quick correction. I looked again. I, I just must not have seen it. Um, when I looked the first time, but on the live album that we're covering tomorrow, there is a song. It's track five called If the Good Die Young. So uh, there is an actual correlation to another song uh, based on the one that we heard earlier. So to get to this song, Love Hurts, um, what it reminded me of, honestly, was there. if you uh, if you watch Kevin Smith's movie Mall Rats, there's a version of Build Me Up Buttercup that's, uh, you know, it's up-tempo, it's more of a rocker, and it, it, to some extent it works as a song, but I don't know why you would take... Um, that that one, at least, the original was a little more up-tempo. It's kind of a light and bouncy song. Um, but still, it seemed really out of place as a hard rocker with a faster tempo. Um, this one I much feel the same way about. Like, I don't know why you would take a beautiful song and just make it a hard rock song and and remove all the emotion from it. You know, the words are there. The uh, the feeling is not. And I just I just can't get behind songs like that. You know, I'm sorry, guys. I, I wish I could. But um, this song is is all about feeling. Uh, I can I can tell you exactly what it makes me feel like I, a better uh, example than uh, mall rats. Um, I was walking down the strip one night. And because, uh, you know, for those who don't know, I live here in Vegas and I'm one of the only locals, I think, that actually goes down there voluntarily without having work down there. Um, but I was walking one night and they played, you know, they play music on the strip. They have a blanket license with ASCAP and BMI, some weird deal that they have to just play endless music out there. Um, and I heard a version of Dido's White Flag 
but it was with a drum beat, like a dance club version of it. And I thought, this is just hideous. This song is 100% pure gut-wrenching emotion. Why wouldn't you just write a different song or pick a song that, you know, is is more fun or upbeat or whatever to, to do a dance version to? Because it just killed every bit of feeling in that song. And for me, that's what happens when bands do songs like this. Um, this is a really beautiful, you know, reach down your throat right into your soul kind of song. And I did not get that. Even even the parts where they added the ooze at the end of the chorus or or during the chorus, um, it it just felt so uh, okay. We got it. We got to sing this. So let's just get through it. Very very produced. So um, not a fan of this one at all. Um, bad way to end the album for me. I I think this would have been better at the end of side one and putting the other song I said would be a, a better album ender here at the end. Um, I think that would have worked better. That would have made me more likely to want to go back and give the album another shot. Um, whereas with this version, um, it just makes me not want to hear it. So, um, again, you know, guys, I don't want to bash on anybody. This, I, I went into this once I heard what kind of, uh, style of music it was. I knew that this was a little bit past the, the heaviness that I like to listen to in a band. Um, the the solos being uh, a lot of shredding and a lot of fast tapping is really not my speed. So there's, you know, um, not going to connect with me there on most songs, but there's some good stuff I found in here for sure. Um, but if this is your cup of tea, if this, this style of music is yours, I would say that this is a fantastic album to listen to. Uh, just not my wheelhouse, you know? Um, I really like the singer's voice. I, I really like the, what the drummer plays. I just think the mix is off a little bit for me. Uh, too much kick to snare uh, volume. Um, when you have a punchy kick like that, you don't have to push the volume as hard to feel it. And um, the snare is like really beefy and bottom endy. So that should have been a little bit louder. Kick should have been a little bit quieter. Um, I would like to have heard a little bit better balance with the bass, but it is tricky when you have a bass that's got that edge to it. It's really tricky to um, have it blend in because it's uh, those frequencies are really harsh against the distorted guitars. So that is a bit of a problem for uh, a sound engineer. You can add a little bit more low end, but sometimes it just gets muddy and you really can't find a way to get it to stand on its own and, and be heard. Uh, it ends up being more felt, almost like if you you can't really pick it out, but if it wasn't there, it would definitely be noticeable. Um, I've run into that with with stuff I've mixed in the past too, where it's um, a little tricky. And and so no uh, no offense against the engineer, that's that's a tough uh, uphill battle to climb, to be quite honest. Um, but overall, yeah, if this is uh, if if this kind of music is yours, I would say definitely give this a shot. Um, we'll see how I feel uh, tomorrow when we hit the live album. But for now, I will say adieu, and we'll see you tomorrow. Cheers. Mm-hmm.